you can go catch the Bible study on Patreon if you missed it. But today what we want to do is we want to commit our time to the reading of the word. And we've been journeying through the book of Daniel. We are, we've gone from Genesis now all the way up to the book of Daniel. Just to preface all of this, remember, as we read through the entire Old Testament, which is what we've been doing together, as we're reading through the entire Old Testament, what I'm hoping is, is that you're beginning to see the bigger story, the bigger picture. I'm hoping that you you see the, the grand narrative of what is transpiring here. And at the center of the story are the Hebrew people. You saw this in, in Genesis, from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. You saw what transpired as the Lord was establishing this nation of people. And then we saw from Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah. What you saw there is you began to see the narrative that continued over and over again, cycles. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. And I think this reading is going to help us understand that the cycles that we see that transpire in the life of the Hebrew people these people who God had called and set aside. So we see God establishing this nation of people, this nation of priests, this nation of mediators, these people who would bring the righteousness, the justice of God, what we understand now as the kingdom of God to earth, that they would be the ambassadors of God to establish God's rule, God's kingdom. And in consequence, God's kingdom leads to God's flourishing in humanity. And then we see that instead of God's kingdom, they followed their kingdom. And so they had a proclivity towards their own kingdom. Joshua exposes that after they get the land, they establish the land, they partition the land between all the different tribes. Then we get to judges and we see that judges, the the nation just falls apart. They become as immoral, if not more immoral than the Canaanite nations that surrounded them. And so in the end of judges, it says what? That there's that there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what what was right in their own eyes. Everyone was establishing their own kingdom, living their own truth. And so the book of Judges really exposes that Israel has not lived up to their side of the bargain, their side of the deal. And then we get now to 1st and 2nd Samuel. Samuel institutes a new king, but not the king that God chose, the king that they chose. Saul was their choice. Saul was anointed king, and we know what happened in consequence to that. After Saul comes David, and then after David comes a whole series of kings. And then we read that through 1 Kings and 2 Kings. All these kings fell short. Of course, after David, the kingdom had split into two. We had uh, uh, one half of David's family, which, which over, you know, which led and I'm trying to be careful with the words that I choose here, but you, you had Rehoboam who now oversaw the kingdom in the north. And then you had um, Solomon who covenantally led the kingdom in the south, the kingdom of Judah. The kingdom in the north was Israel. The kingdom in the south was Judah. The capital of Israel was Samaria. The capital of Judah was Jerusalem. And so the nation of Israel was split into two because, of course, of David's sin. Now, as we continue on, we begin to see the story of the series of kings in the north and the series of kings, the genealogy of kings in the south. And we saw that many of these kings, if not most of these kings, were evil. They followed their own laws. 
they succumbed to the culture. They compromised their faith and their identity, fell into idolatry, and became what God calls an adulterous, idolatrous nation. And in consequence to that, they were eventually overtaken by the Babylonians. Of course, faced attack from the Egyptians. They faced attack from the Ethiopians. And then they were then overtaken by the Babylonians. We read all this. When we read the prophets, when we read Jeremiah, when we read Lamentations, when we read Ezekiel, we're reading the perspective now of the prophets who saw in Isaiah, who saw what transpired, but saw it from a prophetic spiritual perspective. And then, and so now we find ourselves in Daniel and Daniel, who was one of the first that was taken into exile. And we see the story of Daniel. The first part of Daniel that we read is really seeing the story of how Daniel, even though he was distinct, did not get to enjoy the pleasures of Babylon, but had what was given authority over Babylon. But now Babylon has been overtaken by the Medes and the Persians. That's what we read yesterday. And now we find ourselves in Daniel chapter 8. And in Daniel chapter 8, as we read this, what I want you to do in your time in reading this is to say, okay, God, now that I've gotten to this point, God, what are you revealing here concerning yourself? It's the first question I want you to ask. The second question I want you to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning people? And then the third question I want you to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning me? We're just going to pray and we're going to ask for the Lord to speak to us in our time in reading his word. Father, we thank you as we engage in your word today. Father, I pray that you would bless us even in this short moment, Lord. Lord, that you would give us insight and revelation into your heart, your will for us, for humanity. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would leave here not imposing ourselves on your word, but Lord, that you would, by your word, transform us to become more like you. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's look at it. Chapter 8, Daniel chapter 8. And it says this, In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me, to me, Daniel, after the one that appeared to me the first time. I saw in the vision, and it, and it so happened while I was looking that I was in Shushan, the citadel, which was in the province of Elam. And I saw in the vision that I was by the river Ulai. Then I lifted my eyes and saw, and there standing beside the river was a ram, which had two horns, and the two horns were high, but one was higher than the other, and the other one came up last. I saw the ram pushing westward, northward, and southward, so that there was no animal that could withstand him, nor was there any that could deliver that could deliver from his hand. But he did according to his will and became great. And it and as and as I was considering, suddenly a male goat came from the west, across the surface of the old earth, without touching the ground, and the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. Then he came to the ram that had two horns, which I had seen standing aside, sorry, standing beside the river and ran at him with furious power. And I saw him confronting the ram. He was moved with rage against him, attacked the ram and broke his two horns. There was no power in the ram to withstand him, but he cast down to the ground and trampled him. And there was no one that could deliver the ram from his hand. Therefore, the male goat grew very great. 
But when he became strong, the large horn was broken, and in place and in place of it, four notable ones came up toward the four winds of heaven. And out of one of them came a little horn, which grew exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. And it grew up to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the hosts and some of the stars of the ground and trampled them. He even exalted himself as high as the prince of the hosts. And by him, the daily sacrifices were taken away and the place of his sanctuary was cast down because of transgression. An army was given over to the horn to oppose the daily sacrifices and he cast truth down to the ground. He did all this and prospered. Then I heard a holy one speaking and another holy one said to that certain one who was speaking, how long will the vision be concerning the daily sacrifices? and the transgression of desolation, the giving of both the sanctuary and the host to be trampled underfoot. And he said to me, for 2,300 days, then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. Hmm. Then it happened when I, Daniel, had seen the vision and I was seeking the meaning that suddenly there stood before me one having the appearance of a man. And I heard the man's voice between the banks of Eli, who called and said, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. So he came near where I stood. And when I came, I, I was afraid and I fell on my face and said to the, and said, and, and sorry, and fell on my face. But he said to me, understand, son of man, that the vision refers to the time of the end. Now, as he was speaking with me, I was in deep sleep with my face to the ground, but he touched me and stood me upright and said, look, I am making known to you that I, what shall happen in the latter time of indignation for at, an, for at an appointed time, the end shall be. The ram which you saw having the two horns, they are the kings of Media and Persia. The male goat is the kingdom of Greece. The large horn that is between his eyes, it's the first king. As for the broken horn and the four that stood up in its place, four kingdoms shall rise out of that nation, but not with its power. And in the latter time of their kingdom, when their transgressions have reached their fullness, a king shall arise having fierce features, who understands sinister schemes. His power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He shall destroy fearfully and shall prosper and thrive, and he shall destroy the mighty and also the holy people. Through his cunning, he shall cause deceit to prosper under his rule, and he shall exalt himself in his heart, and shall destroy many in their prosperity. He shall even rise against the prince of princes, and shall be broken without human means. Sorry, rise against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without human, mean, human means. And the vision of the evenings and mornings which was told is true. Therefore, seal up the vision, for it refers to many days in the future. Hmm. And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick for days. Afterward, I arose, went about the king's business. I was astonished by the vision, but no one understood it. Chapter 9. In the first year of Darius, the son of Asherius, of the lineage of the Medi of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, 
understood by the books, the number of years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments, we have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us shame of face as it is this day. To the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all of Israel, those near and those far off in all countries to which you have driven them because of the unfaithfulness which they have committed against you. O Lord, to us belong shame of face to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. Yes, all Israel has transgressed your law and has departed so as not to obey your voice. Therefore, the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. And he has confirmed his words, which he spoke against us and against our judges who judged us by bringing upon us a great disaster. For under the whole heaven, such has never been done as what has been done to Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us Yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. Therefore, the Lord has kept the disaster in mind and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all the works which he does, through, though we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt, with a mighty hand and made yourself a name as it is this day, we have sinned and we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all your righteousness, I pray, let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because of your sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people are a reproach to all those around us. Now, therefore, our God, hear the prayer of your servant and his supplications. And for the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary, which is desolate. O oh my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations in the city, which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. O oh Lord, hear. O oh Lord, forgive. O oh Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. Now, while I was speaking, praying and confessing my sin and the sin 
of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in a vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked to me and said, O Daniel, I now have come forward to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Seventy weeks are predetermined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up visions and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Now, therefore, and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah, the Prince, there shall be 70 weeks and 72 weeks. The street shall be built against the wall, even in troublesome times. And after the 62 weeks, sorry, there'll be, sorry, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall, even in troublesome times. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who has come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be a flood with a flood. Until the end of war, desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate even the consummation, which is determined is poured out desolate. I'll read one more chapter. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long. And he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now, on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked and behold a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold from Uphaz. His body was like burl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision. But a great terror fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore, I was left alone when I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words, and when I heard the sound of his words, I was in deep sleep on my face, with my face to the ground. Suddenly, a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees. 
and on the palms of my hands and said to me, O Daniel, man, greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, do not fear Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days and behold, Mikael or Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me for I have been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. For the vision refers to many days yet to come. When he has had spoken such words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. And suddenly, one having the likeness of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to him who stood before me, My Lord, because of the vision, my sorrows have overwhelmed me, and I have retained no strength. For how can this servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me now, nor is any breath left in me. Then again, the one having Excuse me. The one having the likeness of a man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be to you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. But when he spoke to me, I was strengthened. And he said, Let the Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Then he said, Do you not know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. And I will tell you the truth noted in the scripture of truth. No one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. The word of God. I am so glad you guys are all here that you all get to participate, <laughs> that you all get to spend time reading with me. Daniel is, uh, is a mysterious book. Uh, Daniel is a, a mystical book and to really decode all of Daniel would require us to invest a significant amount of time, more time than we're afforded in this moment. As I mentioned to you before, we're not here to really unpack and decode all of this, but rather to submit ourselves to say, well, Lord, what are you revealing here? Like, what are you saying concerning me? What are you saying concerning yourself? What are you saying concerning people? Lord, reveal your heart and reveal my heart and expose what it, what's in me that needs to be exposed. I, I read this and I can quickly engage in a in a theological discussion and a theological exercise. I can do that. But I find myself really hearing the heart of God here as he's engaging with Daniel. I I have to say this that sometimes we miss out on what's happening as we read the text because we get so busy trying to just understand every little bit of the text that we don't see what's happening between 
God and the participants in the text. We're not seeing that what's happening between God and Daniel. Sometimes we miss that because we're so busy trying to understand every little thing about what's being said in the text that we're missing what's happening here, what's transpiring. Daniel is tired. I see this and I see a man who he's seen a lot. I mean, just think about this for a moment. Daniel, he was taken away from his homeland. Daniel was put into a foreign land. Probably had to learn a whole new language. Probably had to learn a whole new context and a whole new culture. I mean, just imagine if you had to just literally get up and move to a new city. Just a new, a new city in a different country. I know I got people from all over the world who participate with us, but just think about that for a second. Just think about what it's like to just move. And some of you know what, it, what that's like. Where you don't know the language, don't know the culture, you don't know anything. And now you're moving into an entirely new environment. Now add to that, that you're moving into an environment that, that resists your culture. You move into an environment that is, that contests with your beliefs and your lifestyle. Imagine moving into a culture that doesn't just, it's not that they don't even accept your culture. They are contesting against your culture, who you are, what you grew up on. Imagine, I mean, we're talking about Daniel here who spent most of his formative life in Judah. And now he's being pulled from Judah into Babylon. Entirely different people, entirely different culture. This man who knows who he is, who's grown up with an identity, who's grown up studying the Torah, who grew up studying the law, who grew up practicing the law, this man now has to go into a new place. Now, he, he didn't move into this new place by his own volition. He moved into this new place by force. He was forced out. He didn't get, any, he didn't get a say in it. I think we missed that part. Like We talk about how anointed Daniel is and how gifted Daniel is and what Daniel was given, but you have to understand this it was not Daniel's plan for his life. Daniel had no intentions of ever going to Babylon. As a matter of fact, Daniel was one of the first to be pulled from Jerusalem to Babylon. And imagine now that you are in Babylon. People reject your lifestyle your way of thinking. And then imagine thinking about home and hearing the story of what's happening at home. What about your family? What about your friends? Your hometown? He probably doesn't even know whether or not his home is still standing. And now Daniel's in a whole new environment. 
in hostile territory. And imagine Daniel goes into this hostile territory, forcing him to live a certain way, but Daniel's holding on to who he is. And he's holding on to who he is. And and then he and, and they want to change his name. My name's not Belteshazzar. My name is Daniel. But they keep calling me Belteshazzar. And imagine they're trying to get him to eat the food that they eat, to live the lives that they live, to do the things that they do. Just paint the picture for a moment of a Daniel who's gone decades being pulled from one place to another, being titled and categorized as an exile but still gifted, brilliant, wise, spiritual. And the very people who don't like you are the very people that you serve. And imagine Daniel serving these people. They call him and he shows up. They call him over this side, he shows up. They call him into the, the, the king's court and he shows up. And imagine every step of the way, not only is he hearing what's happening to him, but he's hearing what's happening to everybody else. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who are, that's not even their names, but that's what they call them now. And he heard about what happened to them. Imagine you're Daniel for just a moment and, and you find yourself in this hostile territory. There's gotta be a point where Daniel has to look and say, how long are we going to do this, God? I mean, just think about it. I know it's so quick for us to see Daniel and his giftedness and all that God had given him and blessed him with. And we, we saw how Daniel elevated in position and how he, he was, he was among the elite in the government. And we see how Daniel then finally elevates. I mean, just think about this for a moment. Daniel has not only been pulled out of Jerusalem into Babylon, but then Babylon is overtaken by the Persians. And yes, Daniel's been given position, but there's a certain point where you just have to think and say, Daniel at this point has got to be tired. He's got to be tired. I mean, just think about it. Up to this point, Daniel's like, okay, this isn't my home. I get to, I have authority here. I have power here. I have influence here, but I'm not Babylonian. I'm not from the Medes. I'm not Persian. Imagine the gymnastics that Daniel had to continue to partake and participate in in order to, in some form or another, assimilate and to acclimate while still remaining faithful to who he is. There's a point where you're just tired. Daniel's tired, y'all. This is the part of the text where we read it and we say, Daniel is, he's seen more than most of us have seen. 
in just the in just this 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 two or three decades, most of us will see in a lifetime. This is the man who was thrown into a lion's den for praying. Just think about that for a second. He was thrown into a den of lions for praying. And that's how we ended in six and then we get into seven. And Daniel has this vision of these four beasts. This is a tired Daniel, y'all. And he sees this vision of these four beasts who take over. And then, of course, the vision is interpreted. These four beasts are the four kings which will arise out of the earth. And, of course, he's like, wait, four kings? Wait, so wait. I'm not going back home. You have to understand, Daniel is anticipating eventually going home. How do we know that? We know that because we read it here. If you go to verse, uh, sorry, not verse, but if you go to chapter nine, Daniel is holding on to a word from Jeremiah. In chapter 9, verse 2, it says, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel. Okay? The first year of Darius's reign. What does it say here? He says, I understood by the books the number of years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet. So we get a little peek here into what's going on with Daniel. Because we see here up to this point, Daniel was holding on to a word. This is in, I believe, uh, Jeremiah 25. Where in Jeremiah 25, he had said that there would be 70 years of captivity. And Daniel's going, okay, let me count the clock. There's only a couple years left now since Jeremiah. So we got to be going home. This is what this, this is the exilic reality that Daniel is in. Is to know I am here, but I am not home. It's a weird place to be. To even thrive in a place that doesn't feel like home. Daniel is thriving, but Daniel is not home. Daniel doesn't feel like he's at home. And so Daniel now is coming to God because he gets this vision in chapter 8. And this vision in chapter 8 almost, it, it almost feels like, wait, hold on a second. Are we supposed to be going back home soon? Wait, isn't that the word that you gave to Jeremiah? I'm just waiting to go home. That's the thing about home, y'all, fam. Just let me think for it. Just let me, just let me spit it for a little minute here. You know the thing about home is, the thing about home is, is that you don't need much to be at peace there. You don't need much to feel complete there. When, when you're at home, you don't need titles and positions. 
when you're at home, you, you don't need accolades. When you're at home, you can be you. You don't have to exercise restraint. When, you, when you're at home, you can freely move about. It's not comfort because comfort is not home. Home is it's deeper than that. It's, it's a place of peace. It's, it's, it's a place of freedom. And all Daniel is waiting for us to go back to that. I'll submit this to you. Many of us think that what we need is more money. What we need is a promotion. Oh, you know what? What I need is a man. You know what? If I can finally find my wife, I'll be good. What, what, what I need is accolades. Not realizing, no. What you really need is peace. Shalom. What you really need is, is to be home. Because you can be married and not be home. You can have lots of money and not be home. You can have all the accolades and not be home. You're not fully home. And many of us, that's what we want. That's what we're aspiring towards. That's what we, uh, that's what we actually desire. And what we do is, is we chase after the false senses of home. Semblances of home. Affirmation is not home. Just because people celebrate you and give you accolades, that's not necessarily home. Because it's your performance that got you there. And some of us, let's just be honest, there are those of us when we really look down and we think about it for a minute, we're not really home in our marriages. We're not really at peace in our marriages. For a lot of us, we're not at peace because we're only in this because of our performance. You know, if I'm a good wife, if I'm a good husband, if I do my job, do my thing. So we can't find full comfort in it because then that husband wasn't it. I had to perform to get that. Then that wife wasn't it. I had to perform to get that. And so we're not really fully at peace with it because our performance is what got us there. And if it's our performance, let me tell you something. That's just a semblance of home. What we want is to know that our performance had nothing to do with this, that this was a place of safety and honesty. And honestly, a lot of us haven't seen it. This chat is full of people who have experienced incredible amounts of success. There's a lot of people here who've seen a lot of success. But when you really look at it, you go, I, I can't understand why I don't feel at peace yet. Because you have a false sense 
of security, a false sense of affirmation, a false sense of home. And many of you who are here are like Daniel. Daniel's winning, y'all. I hope y'all y'all see what I'm talking about. Like Daniel, Daniel is winning. He is winning in this text. He's winning in the book of Daniel. But he's not there yet. He has not arrived. <laughs> he's not home. And so now he comes to God and he's like, this dream and this vision that you gave us or gave me. And now that you're telling me the interpretation of the dream, this sounds like more calamity. This sounds like, this sounds like, oh snap. This sounds like, this sounds like more trouble. This, this doesn't sound like I'm going home anytime soon. And so responding to chapter eight is chapter nine, where Daniel now prays. Daniel's like, hold up, hold up, God, hold up, hold up. All right, let, 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 me, let me do this and, and Isaac speak, because if I was Daniel, this is probably how I'd come to God. You should see the ways I come to God sometimes. If you, can, if you just can be real with how you come to God, it, it can sometimes sound funny. You may even think I'm not even Christian sometimes the way I come to God. But here it is. Ready, ready? ready? It's like, hold up, hold, hold, hold up. God, let me talk to you right quick. Um, did, didn't, you, didn't you tell Jeremiah... Like, hold up. Didn't you tell Jeremiah that um, we're going to be back home in 70 years? Jeremiah 25, I believe. D didn't, you, didn't you tell Jeremiah? I mean, wh what's, this, what's all this talk about these four nations and these, these kings that are, this, this nation is going to be split into four and then there's going to be, you know, all these kings and, and hold up. When are we, we going home? Daniel would rather, ooh, he would rather go back home without the titles, the accolades, without the power and the position. He would rather be home without it than to have all of that and not be home. He's not home. And he's like, yo, God, listen, it's been a great gig. It's been cool and all. I know there's been some cool stuff writing on the wall. I interpreted that. You know, I, I see all kinds. And now you give me visions that are weird about a mess, a Messiah that's going to establish an everlasting kingdom. And he's going to sit at the right hand of the most high, the ancient of days, as the as as you call as as you, you told me here. And I'm like, wait, hold on. I, I, I There's some weird stuff happening here. I need to know when am I going home? And I know, and now you can see Jeremiah is pleading with God because Jeremiah's like, listen, I know we, listen, we done messed up. All right, God, I get it. God, we messed up. We're tripping. We're tripping. We, we brought shame to our name. We brought, we brought shame to your name. We, we done messed this up. But God, I know you're merciful. I'm just translating chapter nine now in, in, in Isaac's speak. But God, I know you're merciful. God, I know you're gracious. God, I know, I know, I know you still love us. God, we wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for you. 
And so, you know, I just need to know, like, yo, God, tell me when am I going home? When are we going home? I get it. We read your law. All this happened because we, we done messed this up, God. But God, don't be so angry with us. Like, don't be so mad that, because right now you're talking about kingdoms being split into four and all that. Listen, I've already seen an overthrow. I've already lived through that. I'm living through, Be I lived through Nebuchadnezzar, Belteshazzar, I mean, sorry, Belshazzar. These people try to change my name. These people, I just want to go home, yo. Just tell me what I got to do to go home because I'm not safe here. Just because you're in a house doesn't mean you're home. Just because there are people in it that you smile with doesn't necessarily mean you're home. Home isn't just where the heart is. Home is where you're safe. Safe to be you. Safe to be who God called you to be. If you don't find safety there, then you're not home. If you're still insecure there, you're not home. If you have to hide and pretend, then you're not home. If you have to perform, you're not home. And for many of us, we think that what we want is affirmation and promotion, but really what we want is to be home. And the reality is you're not going to find home in your house. Whew. But you can find home in God. You can find home in him. And the lesson here as we read this, and I know I got to go in a minute, but the lesson here when we read it is, is that God eventually says to him, he's waiting for God. And then God says to him, you know, you got the 70 weeks. And then after 70 weeks, you know, he got 62 weeks after these 62 weeks. And then he's like, okay, God, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. And in the end, God essentially says, in verse 14, look at 10 verse 14. Now I will come to make you understand that the things that will happen to your people in the latter days for the vision refers to many days yet to come. He says it not just there. He says it a few more times in our reading. In days yet to come. In chapter 8 that we read in, uh, where is it? Um, in verse 26, the vision of the evenings and the mornings, which was told is true. Therefore seal up the vision for it refers to many days in the future. Hold up. This ain't going to be 70 years. But you said it was going to be 70 years, God. Hold up. This is, this is going to be, we don't even know. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hold up, God. And then Daniel, you know, he goes back and forth with God. Daniel is in a place where he wants to go back home, but God's saying, the home that you're talking about, that's not going to happen in, for many days to come. But don't be afraid. Verse 17, 
for how can this servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me now, nor is any breath left in me. Then again, one having the likeness of a man touched me and strengthened me and said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be to you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me and I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak for you have strengthened me. Then he said, do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight the prince of Persia. And when I have gone, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you that is noted in the scripture of truth. He's saying this. I'm going to give you the strength in the moments when you're tired. You're not home yet. But home is coming. And even though you don't know when home will come, I'm going to give you the strength to be able to endure and to persevere in those moments. This is what we aspire to, family. Ready for this? For those of us who are in Christ, we are not home. We, we are sojourners in this world. We're trying to find safety, but the reality is, is you're never really safe in your faith. There are people that will hate you for what you believe. There'll, pe there'll be people that'll ask you to change what you believe. There'll be people that are, are going to ask you to compromise what you believe. There are people that are going to manipulate you because of what you believe. There's so many things that are going to come against you. Because the reality is you're not home. But when will, we be, when will we be home? Sometime. In the future. O okay. But, but I'm tired, God. God's like, then I'm going to give you strength. And then when you're too tired to stand again, I'm going to come back. I'm going to give you more strength. And then when you're tired, I'm going to come back again and I'm going to give you more strength. And you can, you can, you can, you can be tired and I'll be back and you can be tired and I'll be back. You will never be so tired that you will fall and not get up. I'm going to give you what you need while you endure in this. But while you aren't home, thrive. While you're not home, Daniel, do the good work that God has given you. While you're not home, represent me. While you're not home, keep praying with the windows open. While you aren't home, keep representing the spirit and embodying the spirit of God. Because guess what? Those people that you aren't home with, they're going to come to you. And I'm going to give you the strength you need, Daniel. I'm going to give you exactly what you need. I know your knees are trembling. I know you feel weak and I know you're tired. Trust me, I'm going to give you the strength to endure. This is the promise that God gives Daniel. And it's the promise that he gives each and every one of us. As we navigate through this day. There are those of us that are tired, but we're operating on our own strength. The Lord is our rock and our foundation.
The Lord is the strength of our life. So let God strengthen you today, even when you feel weak and tired. Let God strengthen you today. Let him, let, let, exactly, let God be your refuge today. And even if you're not home, thrive. Because God has called you for such a time as this. Lord, I thank you that you've brought us here. Lord, we as sojourners in this foreign land, Lord, are still fighting to find our, fight our, find our place in it. And yet, Lord, you're telling us our place isn't in this land, but rather our place is in a land that is eternal. And so, Lord, just like Daniel, Lord, we find ourselves sometimes asking how long and the answer is long enough. And in the meantime, as we wait, Lord, I pray that you would just give us strength, give us wisdom, give us insight, give us clarity, allow us to continue to be a light in a dark place. And we ask that in Jesus' name, amen. Love y'all, fam. Join Discord. That's really where I'm putting all my energy into now, guys. Um, not all my energy, but a lot of my energy. I want you to join our Discord community. We've got amazing people who are praying for each other, encouraging each other. Uh, we had an amazing Bible study on Discord yesterday. <clears throat> I made it available to the patrons. But definitely, I want to encourage you guys, join our Discord community, okay? Thank you, Judge. Thank you for putting that in there. Um, join our Discord community. Um, you will get you'll get to connect with so many folks who have connected with me on this platform. And so we're just a community there. And so um, I can't wait to put forums on there. We're gonna do discussions on there. Um, but it's an awesome place for us to connect. And I get to like chat on the regular. Like here, once we get off of TikTok, that's it. It's done. It's over. <laughs> right? Once we get off on IG, it's over. It's done. But it doesn't have to be because we can continue on Discord. If you listen to this in the podcast, because um, some of you may listen to this later on our podcast, download the podcast, by the way, Read and Rant Podcast on <clears throat> on um, Spotify and on Apple. Download the podcast. But even after the podcast, where do you connect? How do you connect with people who are connected to what we're doing here? Discord, y'all. Um, and so it's awesome. Um, I love the folks on here. I love the discussions that we have. I love that we get to do Bible study. I love that we get to connect with each other. There are people who are praying for each other and encouraging each other. I mean, I just love some of the new folks that are jumping on and, and there are other folks who are coming on and, and encouraging them and praying for them. So it's just a really, really, really cool community that we're building. And we've done this. For, we've been on here for how long now? Four weeks now? We've got our Discord for four weeks now. And there's couple hundred of you on here. And it's really, really cool that we get to connect here on Discord. So it's Opus Frere on Discord. Go to Discord. Go to Opus Frere on Discord. Um, I'm trying to see here. Yeah. So go to Opus Frere on Discord. I'm like looking at all the messages right now. Um, and also text me 954-231-1848. 
If you don't have the link, just text me at 954-234, sorry, 231-1848, and I'll text the link there. Uh, Mike, I'm becoming a believer. Um, hey, Mike, can you can you stay on for a minute after we're done? Because I'm going to go on the voice chat. I'm going to hit you up uh, just for a minute because, man, I, I'm asleep. Okay, I'm asleep. I should have been on here a long time ago. Uh, the podcast is called the Read and Rant Podcast, so go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. And also, pray about becoming a patron, y'all. Um, for those of you who've been blessed by the ministry, become a patron. I know it's 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 a commitment of ten dollars a month, and some of you may think it's not a big deal. It's just a Big Mac combo. It's whatever. My contribution doesn't matter. It does. It does. It matters. Uh, it matters greatly. It says so much to us about the work that we do. And so I want to encourage you guys, become a patron, become a patron. Um, I believe in order to really meet our goal to take the next step forward, I believe we need a hundred more patrons. So please become a patron. Um, I'm praying for that. That's my prayer for the end of the year is that we meet our patron goal. Um, and so um, now if you don't have it, understand, we we won't stop anything we're doing, okay? What we're doing right now, we'll do it anyway. If we have no patrons, we're going to still keep doing the Bible study. Well, maybe not Bible study, but we'll keep doing the read and rant because I'm here to help you and I'm here to serve you. And I love you guys very much. But uh, but that's the goal, guys. We're looking to to gain 100 more patrons uh, before the end of the year. So um, pray for us that we make it there. 100 is easy. That's what That's what's up. I love it. I love it, Asia. Um, but guys, see you guys on Monday. We'll connect on Monday. And please, Bible study folks, go back, get the replay, study it, because we're going to start moving now. I took a long time to get through those first 10 verses. And you, I think you understand now why I did that. But that's now, that sets the stage for where we're going next. So um, no, I'm not on SiriusXM. Not yet. Praying about that, Lady Lorna. So I'll keep you posted on that, okay? Uh, love y'all. See y'all on Monday. God bless you guys. Peace out.